You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We got some good and exciting news. If you hadn't heard and your head was somewhere else other than social media, EA Sports has announced some big news about the world of video games and college football. They're finally coming back together. EA Sports is essentially committing to building a new college football game. Jared, I want to start out with this one. We're going to talk about some signing day stuff and uh, then also talk about Super Bowl and the NFL Combine uh, to finish it out. But Jared, I want to start out with this topic of video games and college football and how it's just been so... uh, We haven't had it in our lives since, what, 2014 or so? So, Jared, how excited are you to finally get some sort of commitment that is going to happen in the future? Uh, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I've had, I had buddies that were, you know, texting me immediately the screenshot of this. And, uh, you know, this is, I'm 38 and I got buddies in their forties and we were all excited. And some of them <laughs> probably don't even own video game consoles anymore, but they are contemplating. They're like, how do I buy one? Um, and <laughs> yeah. which one's out there now? So it's funny what a video game will do, but yeah, I, I'm super pumped about it. How about you? Yeah, I was really excited. The only thing that kind of scares me is I just have one of the, I guess, last gen. I mean, it's still PlayStation 4, but I feel like they might not make it for the PS4 and say, hey, we, we're, you got to buy the new PS5 or the you know, the new Xbox to play this. And that's going to hurt me because then it's going to be like, crap, I got to spend like $500 on a new console. I don't know about that. <laughs> but the excitement around it, I may, I may, you know, pony up and and do it just because of how much I really enjoy NCAA college football as a video game. There's a lot of guys who've already started probably doing a little more dishes than normal, taking trash out a little more because they're they're already <laughs> doing the prep work for when they say, "Hey, honey, can I can I buy a PlayStation Five? <laughs> yeah, they're they're laying the groundwork. Yep. I do want to say, and, and this is the only time I, I may ever, you consider can consider this bragging, I guess, but I had found a semi-glitch on the other game. I had like 170 sacks with a defensive lineman. What? And I did not win the Heisman. How? I came in, I came in fourth. So, what? you know, I still have a little beef with that game. Um, I'm sure everybody has their crazy stories. But, yeah, I, I still hold, I, 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 I don't sleep as well at night as I should uh, because of that. Man. They must legitimately just not like a defensive lineman or something. It like, took me like till the last week to even get in the the top five. It was crazy. Goodness. So, anyway, so they gave it to like a USC quarterback, I think, is what where who it went to. <laughs> that is so weird. Okay, I'm done bragging. Okay, <laughs> but it is so weird. I mean, I guess, but that shows you like how much 
not just you and me, but other players uh, or you know other fans just love the game and are able to you know really enjoy uh, playing that game because you know they get to play as their team. Um, the only kind of negative so far has been the name and likeness kind of discussion around it's not going to actually have you know Bo Nix and there. It's not going to have you know the players that you really want to play as, but. I, I, I'm just thinking back to other games and there's so many user generated teams out there that people make. And all you have to do is go and download those and you can essentially have Auburn's, for example, Auburn's 2021 team as your roster. And somebody's already, you know, went through the trouble of, you know, putting the number on, you know, making sure they look, you know, roughly similar to, you know, the players that you want them to be. So, uh, I think it's just an exciting, you know, Thing for us in the future um and it's already sounds like there's over a hundred schools that have actually you know kind of bought into this and said yeah you can use our school um and i'm sure the stadiums and you know that kind of stuff um the only thing that'll be a little you know i guess layover is you know how are they going to handle the name and likeness uh issues um but hey, the NCAA in the next few years, I, I expect them to figure out something in the next few years how to handle that, especially when it comes to video games. It's exciting times. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jared, let's also talk about um, what happened this last week. Auburn had its signing class, um, and uh, the final, you know, the traditional signing class, um, and we had. So I just kind of want to think back on because everybody's going to look at this and be like. Okay, so we ended up 27th. But before this signing class, you know, the traditional signing day was ranked, our signing class was ranked 48th. So we jumped up 20, was that 22 spots or something, 21 spots? So I think I'll take that, um, considering Brian Harson got his guys um, or got the guys that, you know, Gus and his staff were recruiting and essentially got them to, you know, stay committed. I know there were a couple that, you know, slipped through the cracks, but I think we still got a pretty decent class considering all things. Jared, what do you think of our signing class um, and and how we kind of managed after, um, you know, essentially Gus right before the early signing day getting canned and then, you know, Brian Harson. we didn't, well, I guess early signing day, we didn't even have a coach at that point. So, I think all in all, I, I think it's a great staff, but or a great recruiting uh, class. But um, what, where, kind of, where's your head at with this recruiting class? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're, you know, if if you're in a vacuum, you you look at it and you know you say, hey, it's not not great. <clears throat> but when you factor every real life stuff in, which you have to, uh, it's really not bad. I mean, you already mentioned, you know, some things about we were 48th, got bumped up to 27th. I've heard, you know, people way smarter at these uh, algorithms and math and all that than I am have said if we land Dylan Brooks, which is strictly just going to take Tennessee releasing him of his national letter of intent because he's already put on his Instagram War Eagle in a picture. (laughs) Um, If we land Dylan Brooks, apparently we go to 20. And there's another guy from Tennessee who also wants out. I I think he might be a running back. I'm not sure. If we land him, apparently we're like number 19. So, you know, I mean – First off, it's amazing that we landed, I think we had 11 or 12 guys without a coach, period, the first go-round. Yep. And then to come in and piece together what we've pieced together, if we finish really 27th, okay, if we somehow get to 20 or 19, that's pretty miraculous, honestly, based off of, I, listen, 
we all we're fanatics. Me and AJ are fanatics as well. But when we do this show, it does make us kind of like, all right, let's take a full picture of this. And uh, yeah, th- this is. I know Alabama just signed a ridiculous class, but based on the the what the what we were given, what Harson was given, he did pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And and like even me saying it's great, I'm taking in the perspective of you know it, it was great in the sense that in forty you know, something days he was able to do this, but. Also on top of that, the guys he got, I mean, I think probably one of the headliners of this traditional signing class that just signed was Colby Smith, an offensive tackle. And uh, Auburn just hadn't gotten a guy straight out of high school that's an offensive tackle. Hey, we've had some other offensive linemen in the past, but they've you know transferred or grad transferred over. So um, it's good to potentially have a guy like Colby Smith that could, you know, if he – He's, he fits in well with the system and uh, puts in the time and effort. He could be here for, you know, the full four years of him being in college. And I think that could be a good building block to start off of. Now, I do think we need some more offensive linemen, but, hey, it's a start. And considering the amount of, you know, time time frame, I guess, with uh, what Harson and his staff had to do, um, I feel like it's a, at least a good spot to, you know, get going with this. Um, something else that I feel like, you know, Auburn fans, you know, you, I feel like you want a little bit more considering we've, you know, under Gus Malzahn, we had, you know, you know, the typical like 10, 10th, you know, maybe 15th ranked recruiting classes. And now you're looking at this one and you're like, wow, at best we may be 19th. And that's if two miracles happen. Um, but I'm, I'm also taking this as, you know, it's a new new coaching staff. They're going to have different guys that they go after. I mean, essentially, a lot of these guys were not Brian Harson's guys. I'm sure they weren't guys that Brian Harson wouldn't have gone after. But we got them in, and now you got to mold those guys into Brian Harson's system. Um, and that's the part. That's the next you know six months, year. That's if you're really going to have to figure out if that that's going to work or not. Yeah, I think, and there's a lot of there's some sleepers. I've I've heard non Auburn people that are recruiting people that say Caden Bridges might be a steal. Um, for whatever reason, he didn't get a lot of. It could be COVID, could be his the high school he played at. Just didn't get a lot of publicity and options. Um, and that stuff matters. So I've heard Caden Bridges, and I'll be honest, I've seen video myself of uh, Jacquez Hunter. I believe is the running oh, back. Yes. I mean, I don't know the difference in a three and a four star, but that guy's speed. Just go watch his video and, and the heart. I mean, he, he tracked down a guy he had no business catching or even going after uh, on defense and then just the way he runs on offense. When he when he gets a hole, he's gone. So I don't know what all goes into rankings. I have a theory on what bumps some of them from four to five. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some of these guys are just on the cusp of four-star, and, and we don't have any problems with four-stars. So don't be freaking out about some of these being three because they're right there on the cusp, and a lot of it's just because of COVID. They didn't have as many people going to these high schools to check out their senior season. Yeah, and, and then you throw on top of that, it's uh, some of these guys may have not played at you know the larger high schools and uh, exactly. had as big of competition. So you know they're they're probably you know hey that school's significantly smaller and not as good uh, that they're going up against. And you're like, how do you rank this guy? Like at best, you may say third or three star just because the competition he may have gone up. But he may legitimately, if you put him in a you know a bigger football uh, kind of town like say Atlanta or something, you may 
consider him a four star. So that's something else you got to consider with this. Well, we all know. So I've always made these two examples. If Chipper Jones played for the New York Yankees, he'd be a household name doing commercials. I mean, the mm-hmm. stats the guy put up. Derek Jeter was Chipper Jones, and every you know Derek Jeter became a household name just because of who he played for. So, and there's a lot of people in this country that casual fans that may not know who Chipper Jones is. So, same happens in high school. Mm-hmm. Where you play matters, and the publicity you get, and that all trickles down to rankings. Now, having said all that, I will end with this on the recruiting piece. If we finish 19th again next year, I will not say that is a good class. Um, yes. We have to do better than that. But what we were able to do, and I know we're 27th right now, that's okay too. What we're doing, what we what we were dealt, I think we finished about as good as you could. But next year's got to be better, and the year after's got to be even better. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, especially considering we now have uh, the go-ahead to get, for example, the football-only facility that, I mean, that's going to bring in recruits by itself. Um, and something else, I mean, I, I kind of want to get into this discussion, and uh, Austin Scott had, had kind of brought this up Um He's one of our contributors for the E2C network. And I kind of want to dig into it with you a little bit is he was talking about how Auburn may, you know, in the 2020 year where you're not able to go in the homes of recruits and go or even bring the kids on campus for that matter um, to recruit them. Auburn typically is, you know, leaned on the, you hear a lot of times, you know, Hey, I felt like home. I felt like I was part of the family and that's why I committed to Auburn. So, you don't get that because they weren't able to come on campus and build those relationships as much because it had to be you know, over Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. And now if Auburn's able to figure out and transfer that, you know, the, the what they've learned and Harson's able to still get some really top guys, when we get to a spot where maybe this year, maybe we're at a stable spot with the pandemic that – you can get guys on campus for some big games. You sell them on the campus too. And that's kind of like that cherry on top. So Jerry, do you think that has something to do with it? And you hope, I mean, how do you think the the coaching staff can get them, uh, you know, in this time where they can't bring guys on campus? How do you get guys? Uh, because recruiting is always happening. I know this class is over, but you're working <laughs> on the next class already. <laughs> how does, yeah, how do you think that works? Yeah, I know coaches get paid a ton of money, but, man, they do not sleep. You can't sleep. Um, Yeah, I I think it's absolutely huge. I know we – I don't think it's bragging about Auburn. It's just who we are. We truly are more of a family atmosphere. I have many friends from Georgia and other places that say that. It does kind of have a nice homely feel to it. Um, And also, uh, the in-stadium atmosphere is is almost second to none uh, recently because – I mean, I, you have to realize we beat Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris. We beat all those guys because it was in Jordan Hare, and the atmosphere yep. is amazing. And so when you have recruits coming in and seeing that, uh, like, that's a huge benefit. I know it goes on everywhere. I really do know it goes on everywhere. But you add in the, the home family appeal. Mm-hmm. You add in we typically have a very down-home uh friendly coach that probably can relate to to players um and then you add in the the in-game atmosphere it's hard to turn that down yeah um and so i absolutely think that we have probably suffered a little 
I think some of the other coaches out there are more salesman-y. They definitely were more salesman-y than Gus was. And so Gus did rely heavily on letting Auburn sell itself. And with COVID, it couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know Harson, and I don't know his, his, his assistants and how they recruit. But they, it is going to make them become more salesman-like. And you're right. If they add that piece in and do that well, and you get the Auburn appeal, could be really good. Yeah, I mean that that could you know Auburn you know was right around that tenth you know recruiting rank by the end of each class you know sometimes even a little bit better. But if you somehow you know get your average up to you know if we're in that five to eight range average, that could be really big because then that means you're getting that one or two extra like four or five stars that kind of bump you up. Uh, Do you remember and, what we were in 2020? Uh, seven. We finished seven. Yeah. The problem was, and and you and I talked about this off air. In my opinion, Gus was very good at getting skill position players. Mm-hmm. I think we flipped that script. I think we build inside out now. I think we start focusing almost entirely on offensive and defensive linemen. Because let me tell you something: a three-star running back can look like a five-star running back if he's running behind a really good line. So true. But a five-star Absolutely. running back can't do anything if there's no holes there. Yeah, I mean, now, think about think about how good Carryon Johnson was at like his pinnacle. When he he was good, he had a good offensive line. They developed holes for him. But when he didn't have a hole, sometimes he had to wait until something opened, and like sometimes it just didn't. And yet somebody like Carryon that was you know pretty good, like we consider one of our better running backs, and you know the last like five years or so. He he struggled. T- Tank is possibly one of the few that can run behind the bad line because he. Oh yeah. I mean, just watching some of his runs, I mean, he'll 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 pause a defender and then juke him one way, and it's just amazing what that guy can do. But but take all right. Let's assume Tank can do that without good blocking. What can he do with good blocking? So true. Hey Auburn family, we're gonna take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. I get so excited to think if we can put together, you know, a good offensive line, like last year we just, you, you had to substitute so many different guys and we had, I think by the end of it, like six or seven different personnel that we went through essentially for offensive line. And because of that, the the offensive line never did the proverbial gelling. And when that doesn't happen, you don't know what the guy next to you is going to do. And 
at, at, in every situation. So then the, the running back doesn't feel as confident and can't hit those holes as quickly. When that's happening, man, it could be a thing of beauty. Texas A&M was the exact same team they've been the last four years under Jimbo. They ran the exact same offense. They were not flashy. Exactly the same, in my opinion. There's one difference. They had veteran, elite offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. That is the only difference between Texas A&M this year and the prior years. Yeah. And I those mean, guys are graduating. So I fully expect A&M to go back to 8-4. and four. I could be wrong. People disagree yeah. with me, and I could be wrong. Um but yeah, I mean that was the difference this year. They didn't change an offense. They didn't do anything. They had the same quarterback who's been average. Yep, um, Kellen Mond, man. Yeah, <laughs> the, the average quarterback. They were pushing people around. There was nothing you could do about it. Come fourth quarter. Yeah, it well, was boring the, it, to watch, but it worked. Well, and the thing was, by the, the end of the regular season, I think back to Texas A&M, they were fifth in the college football world. I can't remember too many, you know, exciting highlights or anything from the season from them because they were just, you know, vanilla kind of team. They were. Uh, and, and hey, sometimes vanilla is, is a good thing, but you got to yeah. have some flashiness. I mean, every once in a while too. Nick Saban was vanilla really until he brought in Lane Kiffin. I mean, mm-hmm. Nick Saban dominated in many different ways. One of them was being very defensively strong, great offensive lineman, wear you down. There were many games, even the ones we lost, where we were in the game until the fourth quarter, but they had the O line to do the final game drive, you know, yep. and win the win the ball game, or you know, so yeah. Um, you throw the big boys like Derrick Henry in there in the fourth quarter, and they got some more fresh legs, and the offensive line is already beat down on the defense, and man, it's it's tough. Like that, that's when you know you got a good system where it's just you know you know how to wear down on on a defense, and and I. I'm kind of like you. I I want to see. I think you put it a good way. You you Auburn before with Gus Malzahn had a more you know athletes. We wanted to get you know the skilled players, and I think you you almost reverse that with going for the big uglies, the offensive and defensive line. If you can get those guys to play and play and get the you know four or five star of those guys, that opens up for the you know three four or five stars that you may have on the. Uh, athlete positions more chances to get the ball um i mean heck we we knew so many times last year where Bo was running for his life and if he, he had gotten a halfway decent offensive line that could block for him he he would have gotten it to those athletes i, I got two final questions i think Bo has a lot of developmental things that need to be fixed and can be i think but yeah you're right it timing's everything and Bo didn't trust any offensive lineman so no. Bo's a whole whole different quarterback if he has a good offensive line. The other thing is, I do think Harson's. I think where he probably can focus nationwide is on offensive linemen. There are a lot of good ones in the Midwest, places like that, where he's mm-hmm. built relationships. You know, I don't know that I would keep going after four or five star receivers and running backs in California and stuff. You can, but I don't know if you're going to win that. But I think you can go get Midwest guys, the big offensive, the big uglies, the big offensive linemen people that Alabama and Georgia don't even need to go get because they've already filled it with people in this region. I think, I think that may be where he can have a huge difference in how we look up front. Um, mm-hmm. Keep taking the athletes from the regional area. Like we have been throw in that uh, national recruiting. He's been talking about for some of our upfront people. And I think that could be a pretty good formula that actually is not too hard to make happen with his relationships. He's got out there. Yeah, and I I just think back to his opening press conference. Uh, there were phrases that he used. He was like, "I think we can recruit anywhere," and 
that like words like that make me think he's got the relationships elsewhere that he can go back to and, you know, the high school coaches and say, Hey, I saw your offensive lineman. He's, you know, the fifth best offensive lineman in the nation. You know, do you think we can get a shot with him? And then, you know, start building that relationship and maybe get him to come to Auburn, even though he lives in, I don't know, West Virginia or something. I don't know. What's well, I, Iowa puts offensive linemen in the league all the time. Go compete against Iowa. Nothing against Iowa. We may lose the battle, but I'd rather be competing against Iowa for a high-end four-star offensive tackle than Alabama for one. Mm-hmm. And, and I know region matters, but with airplanes and stuff this day and age, I mean, it's, you know, it. Yeah. you can go well, home and see family. So Yeah, and, and even the the aspect of, you know, Zoom and FaceTime becoming so much more prevalent now. I mean, that's another, you know, you can stay connected in that way. Um, and it makes it easy for the players to stay connected to their families and stuff. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you can make it happen. Um, one other thing that I think is uh, we have, well, we kind of touched on it a little bit, is what Brian Harson was able to do with some of the guys like uh, Grant Lloyd, Tyron Truesdell, Roger McCreary, Zacoby McLean, um, and even, hey, heck, we got Devin Barrett back um, after not being on the team and opting out. Um, so I think that part of, you know, keeping the, you know, the guys that he thinks, you know, more as like, I mean, I think of a Grant Lloyd as a good backup quarterback role or a Tyron Truesdale. I think because he, he was starting to, you know, come into his own even this last year. He's not up to his peak. Like I don't think he probably would have been recruited or um, drafted in the NFL, but because of this extra year of eligibility, guys like him, Harson and his staff were able to convince him, them to come back. Jared, um, what do you think about you know how he's able, Harson is able to get those guys, convince them to come back? Like I feel like that's such a hard thing to do, um, especially guys like Devin Barrett who might have just transferred. I mean, this is an easy way, easy year to transfer, but yet he's still, like, he's he's deciding to come back for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the people that, that want to be negative are going to roll their eyes at this, and that's okay. I'm not telling you not to be negative. I do it many times a day. Um, but when you look at our signing class, you also have to put an asterisk and say four-star running back. You're like, what are you talking about? Devin Barrett was a four-star running back. Mm-hmm. We got him back. He was not on our team. Well, he... I don't know how that works. He wasn't considered on our team. He had transferred out. I forgot about him. He's back on the team now. That's a four-star running back you just added. Uh, okay, on top of that, a little different because these guys were on the team, but they could have left and transferred to the NFL potentially. Zacoby McClain led the SEC in tackles last year. Zacoby McClain also read Texas A&M's pass very well, mm-hmm. and it just went through his hands, or we probably win that game. He's a great player. Roger McCreary, one of the best DBs in the league. I'm not saying the best, but he's a very good defensive back. Yeah. He's coming back, too. Tyrone Truesdale is going to help up front with uh, defensive line depth. Uh, Grant Lloyd, absolutely. Um, I know we didn't see him much, if at all. I can't even remember. but He was in there a few plays, but yeah, it was kind of junk time, but still. He's got experience. Here's the thing. Unless we bring in another guy right now, if Bo goes down, it basically falls on the shoulders of a uh, true freshman out of Houston. Um Davis or Grant Loy, and at that point you probably want to you probably want it to be Loy because you don't want to throw that on a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So Grant Loy, I realize he's not going to turn us into a championship contender, but he could play a major role. So the fact we got him back, that's huge too. So a lot of pieces here. When you're looking at is the sky falling? I would say absolutely not. I mean, 
if the sky was falling, these guys would have left town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially guys like Devin Barrett who knew knew what the program was like, you know, didn't play, um, had even transitioned to, you know, playing wide receiver and then DB. So, like, he's he's known this team. He probably knows the players. But you got them to come back. I feel like that says, you know, something about where they see this team going. Like, you don't, like, just risk it and say, hey, what the heck, let's try this out. No, you commit going all in with uh, the team that you commit to. Uh, something else in a, this kind of talking about since we're recording this on Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, Auburn does have two players in in the Super Bowl this year. Um, Could have had three actually, um, but Prince Tega did uh, get released last week. Um, but we do have Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, um, two you know pretty common names around Auburn's defense over the last five six years. Um, so both of them are going to be playing for the Bucks. Um, Carlton Davis actually has on the Bucks their leading uh, number of interceptions. So, uh, pretty impressive there for this season. Um, but Jared, I, I'm just thinking back to you know players really in recruiting wanting to go to the not only the NFL but win that Super Bowl. Um, and I mean that's their end goal is to win a Super Bowl and. I was just thinking back to like guys like Carlton Davis. I mean, I think he's a good guy. Like he, he was one of our best defensive backs. Even Jamel Dean was a good um, safe, you know, defensive back and safety too. Like we're kind of like, we got that secondary down, but it just got me thinking like, why, uh, why are stars so important with uh, recruiting? Like, and then going to the NFL, is there any kind of relationship there? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, I saw, I saw something recently that, you know, we're talking about recruiting stars and stuff. I saw something recently that said, uh, when it comes to five stars, uh, it says the odds of making it into the Super Bowl as a player, five star, one and eight, one and eight <laughs> is your odd, uh, four star would be one and 22 and then three star would be one and one fourteen. <laughs> so that does show you the importance of recruiting. We're not, playing both sides of the fence here we all agree recruiting is huge we're trying to say with what harson was dealt with this year you know he he did probably about as good as you could but yeah recruiting is huge one in eight if you're a five star that's your chance of playing in the super bowl one in 22 four star one in 114 three star um so um interesting note because you talked about two dbs who are in the um going to be in the super bowl and they both were really good uh defensive backs and secondary for us uh, do you know who Devontae Smith, who may have been one of the best wide receivers to come through college in a long, long time? I think I've you know, heard his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Do you know who he said was the toughest defensive back he went up against at Auburn? My boy, Noah Igbenogany. Noah Igbenogany. How about that? For a guy who didn't even come into college as a defensive back, he swapped from receiver to defensive back. And possibly the best wide receiver to come through college in 20 years said that that guy was the toughest he went up against in college. That is crazy. And, and to think how quick Noah switched over. I mean, we saw such an improvement, but I'm, I'm just, I guess that just impresses me even more with how our secondary has been over the last five or so years. It's, it's been a solid um, a producer of NFL level talent. I would say even too, and I don't know all the exact stars. I'll be honest with you. Even in a even in a normal year, 
I would think the defensive class we got this year, you would look at it and say, not bad, especially mm-hmm. if Dylan Brooks comes on. I think that would be a pretty good class regardless of, of what's going on. It was the offensive side that's kind of lacking a little bit on the star level, in my opinion. But um, I don't think we've had any issues with the defensive side. And I really think, too, uh, um, something that Brian appears to understand is he's bringing in an actual system of recruiting. It's it's a whole new ball game than when mm-hmm. Gus started, you know, eight years ago. Um, Gus liked to coach football. And I don't know that he had that system in place. And with all these analysts in the background now and stuff, that Harson's brought in and the framework he's laying, I think it's going to be some good things because there were rumors that it was very unorganized with Gus and he was still landing seven to 12 recruiting classes. Yeah. Get that bad boy organized, let Auburn sell itself. And I think we could be on a good path. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just just makes me think, uh, I think I was looking back at the staff, not the, the on the field staff, like assistant coaches and that kind of stuff. But the ones that are behind the scenes, you know, doing the recruiting, those kinds of staff, those are the ones like the coordinators that a you know player comes on campus and how do you make their experience a good one? It looks like Brian Harson has a a lot of those type of people, which I feel like that was a little bit of a change of a culture of getting more of that, and I think that was a very wise thing for him to do because you got to have a good staff in recruiting to compete against the other SEC's schools, especially the Alabama's and the Georgia's of the world that we have to compete against. Um, and in, in this year, man, um, I did want to talk about one other thing. Um, and it kind of ties in the NFL. And, uh, this was something that Jared and I were kind of curious about because, uh, Anthony Schwartz flash, he got invited to the NFL combine. And so we were like, okay, cool. Are they actually having the NFL combine this year? Um, and uh, we come to find out after a little bit of research that it is going to happen, but not in the traditional sense of everybody comes to one location, one stadium, and uh, you know everybody runs the forty-yard dash. Everybody does this. Um, instead, it's going to actually be held at each school's pro day. So you know Auburn has their pro day where all of their players come. Um, usually, do it in the indoor practice facility. They do all the drills, you know, the bench press, all the, you know, how high can you jump, all those type of things. Um, so I think that'll be kind of interesting. It sounds like they're trying to make that as standard as possible because I'm sure there's some uh, difference of, you know, different ways to do it. But what do you think about that? Because it's just an interesting concept to, you know, go from one location where the NFL combine was, where, you know, all the coaches, all the you know, NFL analysts can come to. And now having to spread that out to, you know, all the different schools around the nation and still have some consistency with it. What do you think about that? I really don't know. Um, I don't know how it's going to – I don't know it's a weird setup. I don't know if it's going to benefit anybody more than the others. I don't know if it's going to allow them to actually spend more time on those players because, you know, they're having to do it like at that school, I guess, even Mm -hmm. if it's done through Zoom or what. I don't know how they're evaluating them, but – it's going to be different. I mean, but what what hasn't been different in the last 12 months? It's so true. So, you know, I hate it for these kids because this is a dream of theirs. And I hope it doesn't keep somebody from getting drafted that would have been because um, I, ho- I hope it's not that big of a change. But maybe it'll be a positive. Maybe it'll give somebody like Flash who's, you know, stats aren't going to blow anybody away. But you get him, you know, your your total focus is on that guy. 
during your evaluation and uh yeah i think he's i think people will be pretty pleased with him yeah i think so i i'm, I'm gonna be curious also with i mean i'm sure there's going to be you know how fast did flash run the 40 did he run a 4-4 or did he run a 4-3 but on top of that like I'm sure there's going to be plenty of actually good footage out there of him running routes and, you know, showing what he can do. Um, and I'm sure we got, I know there's plenty of footage out there, game day footage from that, but you know, that's also something they want to see. How, how well does he get separation from a, you know, a good DB and that kind of stuff. So that's the part that I want to see and not just, you know, the drills, but also um, how does he, how does he compete? Uh, because we know guys like Seth Williams are going to, they're just highly talented guys. And I really hope this doesn't hurt them. Um, I think it, I think it could benefit guys. Um, I'm just curious to see if you don't have, I'm thinking about last year. I remember seeing Will Hastings, you know, a picture of him talking to Bill Belichick. Um, And you're like, that's not going to happen this year. Probably unless, you know, I don't know, maybe, there's some connection there, but I don't know. Just kind of interesting to think about. It's an interesting time, sir. I'm ready for it to get back to normal for many reasons, mostly people's safety, but um, just ready to get back to normal sports as well. Yeah, exactly. Jared, any other final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, nope. Uh, just, uh, yeah, just been, I guess, uh, for the time being, there's not probably a lot that's going to be going on unless we land a few grad transfers which is always possible i think Mm -hmm. that can be done until or even not even true grad i think we can up until august we can still get some uh i guess up until when we start we could still land some transfer portal guys so it'll be interesting to see what happens with dylan brooks and them yeah definitely i mean i i'm hoping we can grab at least one or two more um to kind of bolster our class a little bit Uh, especially in the wide receiver or running back front i think we uh, right now i think we'll, we'll have three guys um on our class which i think we need some more than that that are on scholarship um but we'll have to see um how that plays out and how brian harson can uh, get some of those guys in yeah before we get out here how can uh, the people stay in touch with you uh you can find me on facebook and instagram under my name jared davis and uh, you can find me on twitter at a j a y j a y underscore it's always great to be an auburn tiger and war eagle War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?